Welcome back to 5D Full Disclosure. This is Aurora with the next chip in our etheric surgery series. Um, and this chip is, again, going to be one of those that not necessarily affects everybody or interferes with everyone um, in the same way, right? There's some of these that are very universal. And then there's some that are going to affect people more than others, depending on your blueprint and your experiences, your your wounds, your triggers, all of that sort of thing. So this chip is the revenge chip. And, you know, when we talk about revenge, I, I've never seen revenge on a vibrational scale because there's a lot of different vibrational scales that show the different emotions. Um... And I've never seen one that shows revenge, but I would feel that it would probably lie somewhere between anger, rage, and arrogance. So somewhere in like the 150 to 180 range on the vibrational scale. And revenge is a very powerful emotion. I feel that... Um, you know, this one in particular, similar to the abuse and abandonment ship that we talked about, where everybody has um, experienced abuse and abandonment to some extent in their personal experience, right? Because we all have kind of the um, karmic memories of being abused here on this planet. Um, and of course, we've been, a, we've had that deep abandonment wound on a very spiritual level. But for some, especially, we can only really focus on this particular incarnation. We can't focus on past lives or anything because it's not the present moment. We can have an awareness, but we can only really work in our present moment because this lifetime, whatever experiences we did take on, whatever traumas and wounds and programmings, pretty much we designed those um, to so that when we focus on healing them, we're clearing basically all of our karmic DNA, all of our karmic programming, wounding and traumas from the past and other incarnations and ancestral lines. We pretty much designed this incarnation so that we would have all the wounds and the traumas and the triggers that were necessary to clear all of that. So we just focus on this lifetime and, and with the abuse and abandonment, right? Some have experienced it more than others. <clears throat> and same thing with the revenge chip. Um, I feel that it is very much tied to traumatic experiences and is as well tied to stored anger and rage. And those two together is really what creates the idea or the urge for revenge, right? Because when we've experienced a wound or trauma, someone outside of us, right? Someone or something or some experience <clears throat> has created a really deep wound for us, has created a trauma for us. And due to the nature of our programming, right, we externalize everything. So when a person or an event or an experience creates this wound or trauma, well, we immediately project it out, right? We blame the person, event, or experience for the wound, 
for the trauma. We blame that external thing for how we are feeling. And this combined with rage and anger produces this urge to get revenge because I think it's in, it's intertwined with so many things, but <clears throat> it's always going to be triggered by a wound or a trauma. We feel wronged or hurt in some way, shape, or form. And when that trauma or that wound tends to be unhealed, right? And this goes for any trauma or wound. <laughs> when it goes many years, usually, sometimes even decades, um, unhealed, what happens is that that wound begins to fester. And unconsciously, it begins to create an anger, a bitterness, and a resentment within us. And this can lead to really deeply stored rage that comes out when that wound is triggered, right? So we tend to live our lives, especially if we've had a very memorable trauma or wound occur to us where we felt wronged. We felt very wronged by a person or an event or an experience. And especially if, if we have a tendency already towards rage and anger, this is what produces revenge, right? Because we can, we can see how sometimes <clears throat> we can see the examples of when it doesn't produce revenge, right? And that tends to be with someone who blames themselves versus when they blame the external. Both of those are dysfunctional, right? I think we can't blame a person, place, or event for our experience, right? We have to, we have to take our power back. And that's why we talk about accountability and responsibility. It's not that it's our fault either, right? It's not that we turn around and blame ourselves instead. No, it's that we accept the experience as it is. We take the accountability by saying, and taking, this is why I think people struggle with accountability so much, is because they think that by taking accountability, it makes it their fault, which then leads to guilt, right? Guilt and shame. And that's not the goal either. Accountability and responsibility for self simply means no matter what I've experienced, no matter what another person has done to me, or no matter what wounds and trauma I have developed, it is not my fault. It is also not the blame of another person. This is an experience that my soul has asked for in order to ultimately heal, in order to ultimately show me something very important for me to work through, for me to heal, which as we each take on our own healing, we help heal the collective consciousness. So we have to understand that our soul, our higher self is looking at these things from that perspective, not from the earthly perspective of you did this to me, this was unfair, this was unjust, and I must get revenge or I must, you know, uh, punish that other person because of what they did. The higher self is always saying, well, this is a great opportunity for me to heal, which ultimately helps everyone 
in the world who has gone through a similar experience for them to heal too. Awesome. That's how the higher self looks at things. It's only down here because of the ego and because of the programming that we see it in any other way. So those that tend to blame themselves, I think, don't usually, this revenge chip will usually not kick in for them. Um, because they take it on so much onto themselves that they do blame themselves and instead they're going to be grappling with guilt and shame, which I think is the opposite of revenge, right? I think guilt and shame in a way is like self-revenge. So I guess we could look at it in those two perspectives when this chip is triggered by a wound or a traumatic event. Um, it can either be uh, expressed outwardly or it can be expressed inwardly. And I think when we express it inwardly, we ultimately blame ourselves. And then we, we kind of go into a self revenge. Like we trying to get re <clears throat> revenge against ourselves because we blame ourselves. And so we develop guilt and shame as, as this form of self revenge. And so I think if we look at it like that, we can see where this chip might go both ways. Um, and really working through those emotions of guilt and shame because they are so heavy. They're so detrimental to the body, to the spirit. Um, and again, not to say we can't run away from them. We have to feel them and work through them. And really what heals this chip in general, right? Both on the internal level when we're going through a self-revenge of guilt and shame, beating ourselves up. And when we're looking at an external form of revenge, which usually, <clears throat> again, will stem from blame, external blame and projection, which leads to anger and bitterness and resentment, which causes us to want to take revenge on another person, we ultimately heal this chip through forgiveness, so through self-forgiveness and through forgiveness of others, we dissolve this perpetual cycle of self-revenge and external revenge. And I think another aspect of this chip is <clears throat> that, you know, inherently we all have a sense of universal justice, right? I think on a soul level, we all know that there is there is no right or wrong on a soul level, but there is correctness and incorrectness, right? There's alignment with universal law and there's misalignment with universal law. And innately, we all know this. We all know that hurting another person intentionally, right? Because we hurt people unintentionally all the time. But the intent is what matters. If we don't do it intentfully, then usually it's just it's an experience that happens in order for both people to heal when there's an unintentional hurt that's happening, right? When we intentionally hurt another person, that's a different, it's a different ball game um, because we've actually intended to go outside of universal law. Um, and I think we all innately know what is in alignment with universal law and what is not. Where it gets confused is down here in the matrix. We have all these uh, illusionary rules and control systems and regulations that tell that try to tell us what is right and wrong. And as I've talked about with um, 
with the dishonor chip, right? We cannot honor the matrix and honor creation at the same time. We can't honor fear and honor love at the same time. So we were programmed to dishonor ourselves, dishonor others, dishonor love and freedom and truth and God in favor of honoring the dark, uh, the unconscious, the, the ego, the, the matrix. And so it's similar here where, you know, we've been taught what's right or wrong based on the illusionary rules and laws and, and regulations and control systems that we have here. And, and so through that, right, the, the, the cabal created that system of control, illusionary rules, all of that in order to instill the false justice system. And of course, the justice system we currently have is an illusionary justice system. There's really no justice in it because there's a big difference between what we view down here as justice and what is universal justice or cosmic justice. And they, the cabal created this illusionary justice system to be based on the idea of revenge and punishment. That's how they that's how they keep the fear instilled into us. If we look at the way our justice, quote unquote, justice system works, it is the underlying frequency is revenge and punishment. And, you know, it's an it's a very interesting psychological concept because, you know, there's a lot of studies out there um, you know, that I've read over the years, and I just find the psychology of it all very interesting, because that's essentially what we're deprogramming is this, this false understandings, the the psycho psychological manipulation that has happened where, you know, we can we can see someone who has committed a, what we call a crime. And I think, of course, again, we do have this innate sense of what is what is very outside of love and universal law and what is not. And then there's this whole scale in between of, you know, is, is a, what we call a crime that is breaking an illusionary rule. Is that really a crime or is that, you know, there's, <clears throat> there's a lot in there. But I think when we see, you know, things that are crimes that have been committed that are especially atrocious, you know, that we can all agree are not correct, right? Um, we know this intrinsically, and I think we can all agree on that. Even if it's a 3D law, it doesn't matter that the nature of the crime is, has, is really outside of universal law. It's really you've harmed someone, you've done something that is so outside of love, we all agree it's not correct, right? So when you take those examples, though, you know, and there's, of course, a, a lot of discussions that go on of, you know, should the death penalty be something that is instituted? Like, do we as human beings down here have the, I guess, God-given authority to make those decisions if someone, if someone should get the death penalty? That's a whole nother uh, spiritual conversation, but the studies and, and different things that they've done have, have in various ways shown that, you know, sometimes the families of the, of the victim often, you know, feel a sense of justice when 
the perpetrator has, you know, is committed to life, uh, or I'm sorry, sentenced to life or is sentenced to the death penalty. <clears throat> but I've also seen in a lot of cases, especially in the death penalty case, um, where the families say they actually didn't really feel any better, you know, even after that soul was sentenced to death and did pass over, they didn't really feel better. They didn't feel any sense of solace from that. And I think that that's something that we don't often talk about is, you know, there's this idea again that the cabal implanted into us that if someone has done something wrong or against us, that we must get revenge on them. We must punish them. We must, um, you know, give them a taste of their own medicine and get them back. And, and it's, and I don't think we really feel into the fact that that doesn't, that will never heal us ever. That will never heal us. That is never, ever, ever going to produce healing. That is never going to produce a sense of relief or fulfillment, um, you know, in any way. It's, it's actually going to harm us more. And, and so revenge is an illusion. It's an illusion. Um, it's, it's illusionary both ways. It's illusionary when it's turned against the self as self-revenge because guilt and shame are also equally an illusion that will never make us feel better, right? Even if you feel like you made the worst decision on fucking planet earth and you can't believe you did that, blah, blah, blah. And you feel so much guilt about it. That will never produce healing for you or the other person, right? It will never produce healing. It will never produce resolution. So why do we do it? Well, I, I feel a lot of it is from this revenge chip. It is the frequencies that are constantly kind of pumped into us um, that have that low frequency of punishment and revenge. And it is really through forgiveness that we exit that loop and we, and we notice and we see when this chip has been triggered, right? And when it's been triggered, we will feel that enormous sense of guilt and shame and beating ourselves up. That's the internal response. And when we feel a sense of rage and anger and resentment in which we want to get back at someone or something, that equally is when the revenge chip has been triggered. And, and, and for clarification, that will never produce true justice, okay? True justice on a cosmic level is healing. Healing, unity, wholeness, that is justice. Correction, that is justice. Um, resolution, that is justice. You know, I think it comes from the very demented perception of karma that we have down here, which again is not how karma actually works. It's never a punishment. Um, it is always a correction. Karma is correction in motion. Okay. Correction in motion equals karma. So if we're on the right path, and we are in alignment, we will get what you call quote unquote positive karma. That's simply a confirmation of 
that we are on the correct path, that we are in correct action. We are receiving confirmations of our correct action. When we receive what we view as some sort of negative karma, even though, again, there's no positive or negative, it's simply a message, a sign that says, hey, you got to correct something. That is true. That, that's why karma is correction in action or correction in motion, because it, it is always seeking for us to realign with love, to realign with source, realign with universal law, realign with our heart. That is, that is all that karma is, is designed to do. So true justice is alignment. That is the true justice. True justice is always going to be when there is a healing. When you can think of it as anytime we come back to love, that's justice. Anytime we are able to heal something through forgiveness, through compassion, anytime we are able to correct an action or we are able to correct a misalignment back into alignment with source, back into alignment with universal law, that is justice. It will never be through revenge. It will never be through punishment. So healing through forgiveness, you know, I, I think for this one, I will share um, something that mom had shared with me that there are three things that are going to basically save this planet. And those three things are universal love, universal forgiveness, and universal compassion. And we have to have those for ourselves and for all others. So this is one that's going to take time, but I do feel it's going to be one that is going to get highly triggered, especially as we anticipate mass awakenings, because as we all know, we've been through this phase already where we find out about the dark and the injustices and the out of alignment things that have been going on and it will trigger the revenge chips and our job is to hold space through this process with very deep forgiveness um, in order to balance the scales we cannot have um, a world filled with anger um, and rage and shame and guilt all seeking punishment and revenge both against self and and others we must balance those scales with forgiveness compassion and ultimately universal love so this one's a process um but you know using mantras is helpful um especially with the forgiveness writing forgiveness ceremonies is very helpful too um and just really emptying the vessel of any of these low interference frequencies will dissolve these chips. So this will be another one we are seeking to dissolve uh, universally. Uh, for those of you that are joining us tomorrow on March 7th, we have the full moon in Virgo and Saturn's entrance into Pisces. So this will be a very healing day, a very, very potent day, and we will be having our March group surgery seminar. So for those of you who have signed up, I will see you there. Um, for those of you who are guided to, you may sign up at our website at 5dfulldisclosure.org and we will be doing these once a month. So if you if you miss it this month or you're not guided, um, there will be another one in the coming months. So I love you all and I'll be back soon.